0: How much information do you know about your birth and any trauma that you suffered when you came into this world? Have you taken any time to look into the topic of circumcision? These are just two of the rabbit holes I go down with my guest on today's show. Welcome to the podcast for men who are ready to lead their most expansive and courageous lives. Thank you for joining us on this adventure where we'll be questioning old paradigms and architecting new ways to live, laugh, and love. I'm Gareth Pickery. And I'm Matt Dazi. We believe that your story could contain the key that unlocks someone else's healing. So we connect with humans from all walks of life as they share their journeys from chaos to courage. So if you're ready to experience the ease and flow that come from living an expansive and well-crafted life, you're in the right place. This is the Call to Courage podcast. Before we get into today's show, I wanna make an announcement about an upcoming training program that starts on the 13th of March called Clear Relating. Clear Relating is a six-week training program for men to support them in all areas of their relationships. As men, many of us don't get the skill set or any frameworks to be able to go through the three relating phases and navigate them successfully. The three re- relating phases are selecting and getting into partnership, the ongoing maintenance and engagement of a partnership, as well as how to successfully transition and to end a partnership. Clear is kind. And when we take the time to be clear on what we want, clear on what we don't want, clear on who we need to be to show up in partnership and to communicate clearly with our partners, it takes us to a new level of relating that is absolutely impossible without going through these conscious processes to understand exactly what our desires are and to see if they're a fit with the partners that we're calling in. So if you're ready to take your relating to the next level, Head over to fatherssonsbrothers.com forward slash clear and book an appointment to see if you're a fit for this upcoming program. My guest today is Gareth Martin. Gareth is a retired investment banker and having made some successful investments in the financial markets, the crypto space and himself, he now has the ability to be able to be a full-time father and husband to his wife, Marissa. They live in Brazil having emigrated from originally South Africa and then the UK where Gareth spent some time working in the financial markets in the United Kingdom. He's the host and one of the founders of the Ridiculously Human podcast, and him and I have been friends since primary school. Gareth and I share a love of discovering truths by unpacking and discovering new narratives that disprove or debunk our previously held beliefs. In this episode, we talk about the role of being a conscious parent, how to be a better son to our aging parents, how birth trauma can affect us and shape our lives, as well as the topic of circumcision. So let's jump right into today's episode with Gareth Martin. Hello and welcome to the Call to Courage podcast. I'm your host, Gareth Pickering, and I'm joined today by Gareth Martin. Hello, sir. How's it,
1: my man? Thanks for having me, bud. <laughs> Good to see your face.
0: <laughs> Good to see you too. It um, it required me actually asking you to come on the podcast in order to have a conversation <laughs> with you. I feel like we've been trying to chat for ages and we haven't quite made it made it work.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I have to take all responsibility for that. But to be honest with you, like being a dad now and uh, having a lot less time on my hands, um, I have definitely neglected like audio messages and, and getting back to Oaks and stuff. So I, I do apologize, but.
0: <laughs> Perfectly understandable. How's it, uh, how's it going being a dad? Talk me through that journey, bro. I can only imagine it must be just like a complete shift in everything that's important in your life.
1: But it's, it's probably the most magical thing I've ever experienced, to be honest with you. It's, um, mm-hmm. it's everything. It's much more than I ever sort of thought possible. It truly is just a, a blessing. Um, I, I like, I love every moment of it. You know, it's a complete, like, complete change to your life. Absolutely, mm-hmm. what everyone says, oh, you, you know, your life changes completely. It's so true. But you know, it changes in a magical way. That's for sure. Like, what and do you then, notice?
0: What's what's shifting? I
1: I think you, if you are conscious as a parent. You allow your kid to to be your teacher, and they remind you of a lot of things. Uh, you know, even the smallest things in life, just to just to be so like present, to be, to laugh at, at at nothing. You know, to to giggle, to to mm-hmm. smile like as much as possible. Like you know, she just her smile is infectious, but it's 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 insane. Like, and she just she just looks at you and smiles, and you're like, <laughs> you like you smile back instantly. <laughs> And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, and kids are also really good for, uh, bringing out your kind of like shadows and stuff like that. Uh, there's, uh, you know, a lot of people have unresolved issues and, um, if you want to resolve things or at least have them exposed, <laughs> have yourself a kid, that's for sure. Cause they, <laughs> they, they can definitely show you a thing or two. That's for sure. So, but I mean, it, it really is just amazing, but, um, Yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to a good night's sleep at some point in the future, but um,
0: but yeah, I wouldn't change it for the world. What do you, what shadows are you noticing coming up? What do you see in yourself that uh, that's being reflected through Maya? I don't, I don't. You know what? I don't know if I've
1: noticed any myself yet personally. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. Only because I've probably been on this journey for ten, fifteen years myself. You know, and I'm, and I'm, uh, yeah. So I, I don't really know yet, but uh, but there will there will be something there that she will show me. Um, mm-hmm. I, I can tell you that actually having dogs, but um, maybe it wasn't it wasn't a shadow, but more well, maybe it is. I don't know the true definition of a shadow, but like my dogs helped me realize I had still had a bit of anger in me actually, and. Mm-hmm. Yes, see, I was surprised with myself at how flippin' much I could uh, get angry with my dogs. but um, And I think that was actually one of the most, I think, important things that happened was getting dogs because they brought out this kind of like excess anger I had. And I thought I was a calm oak, right? <laughs> but they brought uh. this out in me. And then I think for that reason, with Maya, I've been like, I mean extremely extremely calm, not i mean it's completely mm-hmm. different you know like she she's your little daughter and and they're obviously dogs so you can't i mean you can't compare no one <laughs> please don't, don't um you know get get sort of too upset about me saying this <laughs> but um you know people listening um but yeah i think they um the dogs definitely showed me that i that i had to i had to sort out something inside me that that made me a little bit angry still um so so yeah, and Maya, she still has to show me exactly what it is, you know. But um, yeah, but what a blessing. But I'm so I'm just I, I really yes, I know I've said this to you on like audio messages before, but I um, I think yeah, I think people like yourself, people like Kragos, whatever, like you know, like should be ones that are having kids as well. Like we, we you know, there's there's there's, in the world there's a lot of wrong people breeding but and uh unfortunately sometimes uh you know um people that should be breeding aren't as well and uh and and yeah but anyway that that's uh, that's me rambling on but <laughs> sorry
0: no i um it's been such an important conversation to have to have and i think <clears throat> when you shared with voice notes you've been backwards and forwards a, a little bit over the last few months recognizing that there's that there's gifts and perils in both of the choices, you know, the choice to become a parent as well as the choice not to become a parent. And the obvious ones are, you know, you have more time, you have more money, you have more space, you have all of those things. If you choose not to go on that adventure of becoming a parent. And there's a part of me that needed to mourn the journey of what it means not to realize that I'm going to become a parent to a human. We have animals and I re- resonate with your saying with the gods to like bringing up stuff like the, the, Being a a dog dad has been super intense at times and it's put a lot of pressure on our relationship and it's really forced us to look at stuff. So I resonate with that. But there's also, maybe this is the same for you, but growing up in South Africa, there's this general expectation in the world that you will become a parent. This was like sort of part of what we had when we were brought up, like you'll get married at some point, you'll have kids, that's the jewel. And so when you choose to make a different decision, not only do you have to mourn your own future memories, like the ideas of what it would have been for Gareth Pickering to be a dad, et cetera, et cetera. But also there's like this sort of collective projection that you have from your social circles and friends and family and people that care about you, who think that this is what you need to be doing. And if you don't, somehow life doesn't have as much meaning, you know, because that's how they see the world. So yeah, I've had to sit with that as well. And we've had a, we've got a mutual friend, Craig, and we've had a similar conversation about what it means to make both of those choices and the pros and cons of birth
1: yeah but i mean i was in your guys uh, sort of camp i guess uh, for a long time like i didn't i didn't really want to be a dad you know like I, I didn't i was like i think i was just selfish you know and i was like oh yeah my life is my life is great i want to travel i want to keep doing whatever i'm doing you know and, and, and my time is precious and stuff and and yeah, and then I met Marissa. I mean, we met eight years ago, and I mean, she probably would have had a baby uh, a month after we kind of met. She she was she's been broody for a long time, and mm-hmm. um, you know, over time, like I, I just I became like I was like, yeah, I definitely want to be a dad now. You know, I met the, I met somebody who was who was so keen to be a mom, and yeah, um, yeah I'm so glad that I did. But I'm so glad that I did because it's it is. It's something amazing to experience. Like there's just something so amazing about having a kid. But I mean, you, you, it, it's hard to explain. But you know, just what they show you, the, the way they are, um, just the light they bring to your life, and uh, it's just amazing. So, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that uh, that over over time I, I shifted my mindset and and yeah, kind of like almost I don't regret at all anything. But like sometimes you're like, yes, yeah, I should have done this earlier. Um, maybe had a couple, you know? But, um, but yeah, I think mm-hmm. we, we're very happy with, with one super healthy, super happy, beautiful, loving daughter. And I think that's, that's going to be our, our path from, from here forward.
0: So, no plans to have siblings for Maya?
1: We've thought about it, eh? We've really ummed and ahed about it a lot. Um, but at, at the moment, we're saying, yeah, we, we're just going to have like Maya as, as our sort of only daughter. Um if it does happen, it happens. That's cool. Um Mm -hmm. but but you're right now. I think we're just gonna we're just gonna keep keep Maya as as our only daughter. Mm. Keep that
0: sounds. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. How's um how's it been on your relationship? Has it been smooth sailing for you and Marissa? Has it brought up stuff between the two of you?
1: It's it no ways, yes. Um I don't think, yeah. I mean, I think if anyone says it's smooth sailing, they're, they're probably lying to you. Um, mm-hmm. Because, but you you know, you you sleep deprived for a long, a lot of, you know, at least the first – so for the first six months for us, Maya actually, she wouldn't sleep by herself, but she would only sleep on us, right? So it was mm-hmm. always like one of us would have to be sleeping with her. And that was like, you know, that's during the day, obviously in the night as well. So you're not really sleeping that well. And mm-hmm. – um yeah so so like you're sleep deprived and um you're kind of irritable and 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 you know sometimes you know something happens and you just kind of like bark at each other and then it just goes down you know <laughs> badly um mm-hmm. so so yeah it have definitely hasn't been plain sailing you know, and then you're dealing with you know generally the the girls are um you know they're a bit more hom- hom- hormonal um and um you know also very sensitive um because things like breastfeeding are you know very emotional process you know especially like when it's it intrusive. doesn't go well yeah i don't mm-hmm. know about intrusive i think it's quite beautiful actually but um but i think like you know say like you you learn you, you only learn about things once you've had kids eh? but like you know so like women a lot of women suffer from a thing called mastitis, mastitis which is like the, the hardening of their breasts, which is the, the, the breast milk getting flippin' hard, and it's painful, and also it's like, you know, you're like worried because, okay, cool, I'm, I'm not going to be able to breastfeed, you know. Not cool, but like, you know, mm-hmm. like, yes, I'm not going to be able to breastfeed, so it's, it's an emotional thing to go through. Um, and then mm-hmm. the baby, sometimes, you know, they don't suck on the boob, um, and once again, it's, it's this connection that the mother loses to, to the child, and um, it's a very emotional thing. Um, so, so yeah, there's there's all these things that that sort of happen that you that you don't know until you've had kids. Um, and you, I mean, as a father, like you, you really have to um, just just be very conscious of, of how you are, um, and just be super zen, super um, super calm, and extremely supportive. Um, And do Mm -hmm. what you can, where you can, you know, in the, in the first few months. Um, But, um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, you know, there's definitely been some big rorts um, and, but that's okay. I think that's, that's actually part of it. But like, it's not, it's not like that anymore. Like, you know, the last, like say two, three months have been amazing. As soon as Maya like started sleeping um, by herself, not, not needing us and Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just us having a bit more of our own time and, and time together Uh, Mm -hmm. it just changes everything but so a a lot of a lot of it i think which where people sort of might get sort of stressed out or have issues in their relationship um when they first have kids they must realize that that it's a lot of the the stresses are temporary you know um and Mm -hmm. and and you will get over it for sure and things will get Mm -hmm. much better Um, but you definitely you definitely need to both um, kind of be on the same page and and understand that it is going to be a bit tough and
0: um, you will get through it for sure. Hmm. Take a step back and let uh, our listeners know who you are more or less in your origin story by sharing the roles that you've played. We've been through your journey now a little bit as a father but like as a son and a brother how's that journey been for you and What's your origin story through those two lenses?
1: Well, um as a son, I mean, my both my folks are are South African like yours, We're born in South Africa. Um and yeah, I mean, sure, where do you begin with a with a question like that? Um Yeah, I mean I, mm, I want to answer this for you nicely. My, my parents are both highly talented people, um, but they weren't actually meant for each other. So like we went through a, a very messy divorce growing up as, uh, as, as a son and, and as a sister, my sister, I have a sister, Alison, and I think that was really, really tough, you know, and, um, yeah, going going through that was 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 a very difficult thing for me. Like, I, I like I'm I'm a happy child. I, I had a happy child, and I was well looked after. But I think the the divorce was was kind of like a bit of a, a turning point in um, yeah, just being a child, you know. Um, and a turning
0: point, like how there was a shift there, or something changed, or
1: well, I mean, now you, all of a sudden you you know your parents are living in different places, in different houses, they, they, they're not talking nicely about each other. Um, they are playing games against each other. Um, because, you know, I think what happens, but is a lot of the time uh, we carry issues that we don't resolve, um, all of us, you know, or every single one of us. And, and, and sometimes that plays out, you know, in, in what always plays out in various different ways. And, yeah, I think, I don't know, my, my, my mom was, um, she was, I think, deeply hurt, if I think about it. That's probably the right way to put it. But it came across in, in a bit of a different way, you know, like it was, um, yeah, it, it wasn't an easy divorce. But um, I felt like I was sort of used a little bit, you know, in, in that um, as sort of collateral damage um and but you don't know it at the time but you know this is all just sort of me looking back in hindsight um Mm, yeah and you kind of like you're like yeah yes that was that was quite hectic growing up going through what we what we went through and and um and yeah and I, i actually went to face everything it was weird like i i moved to london when i was 18 and then i The first time I went home, I think it was two years afterwards. And I said to myself, I'm going to go home and I'm going to sort out any issue, every issue I have, like, you know, with anybody in my life. And and it wasn't many people. There was like three people or something like that. And uh, two of them I wanted to speak to was my my parents, you know, and um, just be honest with them about like, you know, what happened and how I felt and what it meant to me. And that was such an amazing thing, but it was so weird. Like looking back now, I'm like, I'm like, yes, it's like like how did I like why did I do that or, or like where did I come up with that even though you know to try and start that sort of healing as such a sort of immature little 20 year old boy um, but something in me knew that I I, ha- I had to sort of just speak to them about it and um, mm-hmm. ever since then but I think uh, my relationships have been like great with my parents and um, awesome. we we sorted that out you know so so as a son like you know, everyone has their stories, and, 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 you know, I love my parents to death, and they gave me lots of, lots of, uh, great sort of talents and, and, and skills physically and, and, and mind and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, but they also showed me certain things. Um, and we went through a lot of ups and downs. Um, but now, you know, now we're all adults, and now we, we kind of, we realize like what happened, and not all of it was great. Um, yeah, so sorry, man, that's it's it's a great question. Like and I, I hadn't even thought of an answer. <laughs> um, or obviously didn't even know you're gonna ask it. So <laughs> so I would have to formulate that I guess over time <laughs> and give you a better yeah, answer. It's that,
0: it's that moment when we realise that our we're raised by imperfect humans, you know, like the as a as a young person, I think we have this idea that everybody older than us knows and is somehow perfect, but in many ways, especially with like any sort of awakening journey or any sort of healing work that f- generations like us have had access to, that our parents have had, they become, you know, normal, mortal human beings. And that's, uh, you know, it's empowering to realize that. But
1: that's actually been one of my greatest realizations of being a parent, is that I like, I look back, like, I mean, I look at me and I'm like, yeah, see, there's so many things I have not got together. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm so like, uh-huh. like, like, I'm such a kid when it comes to so many things, you know, and, um, and I like, then I think about my parents and, and like, and I'm like, they, they were the exact same as me at the end of the day, you know, like they were also just sort of figuring stuff out and, you know, even though they were older and you look up to them and you're like, they, they don't flip and have half the things sorted out that they, that they should, you know. And um, uh-huh. so that's been like a great realization for me, like, you know, how, yeah, I mean, I don't know just just looking back at 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 say what my parents were were thinking and doing as as I was growing up and just just realizing yeah they're just the same as me they had so many things unresolved and still to figure out and and they're just trying to you know trying to grow up these two kids as, as well as they can and have the other stresses of of life too and and so it's been a good a good lesson actually good reflection mm-hmm.
0: that's for sure and are your folks in good health?
1: Yes, yeah, they are actually. Um, awesome. Everyone is everyone is in good health. Um, yeah, I mean, my my yeah, everyone is good. But yeah, I mean, there's Have something. Have they met Maya yet? No, but um, they haven't. Uh, my my mom really wants to come uh, to to Brazil. It's it just it just wasn't the right time. But to be honest with you, like early on. Um, yeah. uh, but now she's actually in Australia just uh, with her brother and she's there till February and then um, later on this year it'll be nice for her to come over and, and meet Maya um, it's been a bit of a challenge with my dad I won't lie like yeah it's so strange but I mean you know I know I'm saying this I, I feel like bad for saying this stuff out loud but it's, it's all the truth so <laughs> I wish like my Thank old you. man would, would be a bit more excited about uh-huh. being a granddad it actually really mm-hmm. hurts me that he's not like, he, at least he might be, but he doesn't show it and he doesn't talk about it, you know. But mm-hmm. I also know my dad is, you know, he's a little bit of an awkward guy, um, especially emotionally. And, and I under, totally understand why. Like, I mean, over the years, I've really asked my dad a lot about his childhood and about his mother and his brother and his his dad and all these things. And I mean, yes, if, if someone grew up in a, troubled household that guy did you know and yeah i guess how he is is a true reflection of of his upbringing um Mm -hmm. um it's no excuse though i think we all have a responsibility to deal with our stuff at some point um Mm -hmm. but it does make some people awkward about certain things you know and my dad is a um he's not a type of guy that's like really gonna tell you how a lot about his emotions, you know, or show them, show them. Um mm-hmm. although he has really softened a lot over the last say 15 years and become much more open. And him and I we do discuss like nice deep things, um, which I really, really enjoy. But um still sometimes I know it's really hard for him to express himself.
0: Mm. And your dance as a brother, how's that been as a as a sibling to Alison?
1: yeah but it's been it's been look i was I was a little bit older than Ellie, not not much like three years um and i mean I, I like I have great memories growing up, you know, but not not like tons i mean one of the cool memories I have which which I remember um we used to play like in the swimming pool, but for hours like i mean we used to play this stupid game, like we would swim like it would be in the deep end, um, swimming like you know the widthways of the pool. One person would have mm-hmm. a tennis ball in their hand, and the other person, and they would they would swim at the bottom of the the deep end. And they would let the tennis uh-huh. ball go, and then it would like float up. And the person at the top had to had to catch the ball before it like got to the top, sort of thing, you know. <laughs> and uh-huh. um, and you'd get points for however. Um, yeah, you'd get points for like how however many you, you captured. And we would play uh-huh. that for hours, you know, like hours. And my mom would our mom would be screaming, come, not screaming, but she'd be like, come, it's dinner time, dinner time, dinner time. And um yeah. And and that was like, you know, we I think we had a, a cool relationship as as brother and sister. Um mm-hmm. But we were, you know, we were like a, a few years apart. And um we we did have some issues like um with uh with, with, with during the divorce, like you know there was times where I like didn't speak to my dad for a couple of years um and there's times when I went and stayed with my dad, then there was times where Ellie didn't speak you know to my dad mm-hmm. for a while and and then there's times when she went to go stay with my dad as opposed to staying with my mom and And then, so, so we, 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 we also had, I think, sort of breaks in like how, how often we were around each other. Um, yeah. And then, but I, I mean, I left to go, like I said, to London when I was 18 and I kind of really lost touch with my sister, I guess. It wasn't, it wasn't a time where I think email had just come out sort of thing, you know? So it's not like, it's not like now um mm-hmm. the time i really remember reconnecting with my sister was when blackberries sort of came out and she had a blackberry and i had a blackberry and they had that blackberry messenger and uh we started and messenger was free you know and you know what us south africans are like we don't, we don't spend money on text messages like <laughs> we um right. you know free free messaging like with blackberry messenger was amazing so so we we re we actually reconnected uh with on blackberry messenger and um that that was really really cool and then um yeah i think over time like we've we even though we've lived pretty much in different countries since i was 18 uh we've we've grown much closer together and um that's been very special we've met overseas a lot of times um as uh brother and sister but also sometimes with like n- with Ali's like boyfriend Greg um, which has been super cool, um, yeah. And then I think the last year has been actually very tough on us. Like we had a had a hectic incident um, with our mom, and that kind of like we both I think saw things a little bit differently, and um, that definitely put a bit of a, a what's the word like a, a strain should I say on our relationship as brother mm-hmm. and sister. And okay. it's, uh, I think it's still going to take a bit of time to, to heal that properly. Um, so, so that, that's been, that sucks. Like it sucks, especially cause it's not necessarily like our fault, although it is of course, because we, I guess our, our communication, our way of seeing things, uh, wasn't, wasn't good. And it was, it was a highly emotional thing and, um, I know, I know that there's there's some some stuff that needs to be spoken about and, and resolved there, and I don't think it's a thing that sort of time necessarily heals. So you mean action is the requirement? Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, um, you know, we can we can kind of ignore each other if we want, but that's not actually going to resolve anything.
0: Hmm. Yeah, man. When you look going forward, as your as your role as a father, what are some of the main characteristics you want to embody as a as a father for Maya, what are some of the, the words you would use to describe your ideal path?
1: So to teach her, is that, is that what you mean? <laughs>
0: who do you need to be to be the father that you want to be for Maya?
1: Oh, who do I need to be? Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I, I need to be someone that uh, leads, I think, through action. You know, kids okay. are sponges, but they... They literally copy you with everything that you do. And mm-hmm. I think I I think with any kind of leadership role, not that not that parent I guess parenting is some sort of leadership role, you know. But very much me, so. Yeah. I mean so I will just need to teach her through through my behavior and through my actions. Um so you know I guess teaching her Good values through showing her good values, um, teaching her good morals through showing her good morals, and so it all it all stems from my behaviour and Marissa's, mm-hmm. of course. You know, like yeah. and how we are with each other for sure as well. Um, so I think the overarching thing is is literally through through my behaviour. As a, as a dad, um, and through our behavior as parents, um, that's how we really are going to teach her, you know. Mm. And yeah, and just allow her to to learn what she needs to learn, and not be, I guess, too pushy
0: or whatever. But um, yeah, that's probably it. What are what are some of those values? What do you what do you see? I mean, I get it. I think the modeling of what you're talking about, like model what it is that you want your child to be. What are those, some of those values that you want to embody?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I want to teach her um, resilience, right? Okay. I think, I mean, it's always been a, a good, I don't know if it's a value or a trait, but it's definitely something I want to sort of impart on her. Uh, you know, like, you can't necessarily say teach like happiness sort of thing. You need to teach people to be resilient and strong and that will then allow you to, to feel things like happiness. Um, I want her to understand that, uh, you know, the world is, is not, not all rosy necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's going to require like, you know, hard work. It's going to require determination. It's going to require discipline to, um, to get, I don't know, whatever she wants in life. Um, but that does and that stuff allows you then to to be happy to have fun etc et etc cetera, et cetera. um the other thing that I really think is important that I want her to to remember and to try take on is just to be to be kind and just just aware that flipman we're all very different we're all experiencing different realities as you say a lot and if you can keep that in the back of your mind when you are talking to people, or talking about people, or being with people, being around people, uh, you will be you will allow for much deeper understanding, much deeper relationships, and and a lot more sort of empathy and kindness. And um, I'd like her to to sort of realize that. Mm. So good. <laughs>
0: in some in some voice that's going backwards and forwards over the last few years you and i have spoken about some of the what's the word like maybe the the pain of some sort of conscious awakening like how painful it is to look back and to see others like perhaps on a different path share some of that journey as as it's unfolded in your life over the last few years like even some of the rabbit holes you've looked down some of the places that you find yourself spending attention like what's
1: yes okay um it's a great question um i think it's it's probably for me become more i've become more aware of the the true shenanigans in the world uh over probably the last five years um but i turned off my tv about 10 years ago right and i think that's actually the starting start of this sort of deprogramming and um when you when you stop consuming the news but it's uh it's amazing what you can actually learn and um and, and spend your time on and and yeah and what else you can consume besides that brainwashing that is spat out at you every single day. Um so I mean yeah some of the things that uh yeah that I that I have um I guess the, lo- the last three years have been a real eye-opener, you know, in terms of this, uh, this should I say, fake pandemic. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> um, that it's is... Uh, you
0: can say whatever you like. Yeah, you know?
1: yeah, yeah. So, like, I mean, that has been, like, a massive eye-opener for me. But, like, because, you know what? Like, it's it's actually made me, it made me really, really sad. But how so many people that are flipping am like good mates with that I feel like I feel just very distant to 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 them based on I guess how they see how they see the world in terms of like you know what is told to them by say media and that sort of stuff and I just feel I I do feel sad that people don't think for themselves and like they'll just believe what is spat out of them and then they're very Defensive. If you provide a counter narrative, or just even ask a question to say, "Well, tell me like more about this," you know, knowing that they wouldn't really be able to give you, I don't know, you know, a, a good reason for it. Um. So yeah, I mean, I, that's and and that's that's hurt on a, on a, like a, a friendship level. But also a more collective level as like a humanity thing. You know, I didn't realize like so many people were like, I don't know, it just took everything that they were told, you know, like and like believed it. Um it just it just kind of blows my blows my mind how the critical thinking of of people was was kind of non-existent. Um,
0: um yeah, but it's also I mean, it's also a good. You move there, I yeah. want to ask you, is your is your critical thinking not also coming from consuming media? Like you making your model of reality based on the data that you have, like, you know, without knowing that there could be another level that you're not able to see, someone else may feel the same pain when they try and connect with you and speak to you about something else?
1: No, for sure. But I mean, I, I think it's It's like a bit of a dangerous game, isn't it? you know you you think kind of you know what's going on because you're consuming the opposite to somebody else, and who knows maybe I'm being told like also brainwashed by by certain things mm-hmm. I think the only difference is but is that say guys like you and me, we're at least taking in both our information and the information that say our friends are taking in. Uh, they're just taking in the, the the information say from from I don't know BBC or News 24 or whatever mainstream media. And they are not they they're not open to even listening to a counter narrative. I think mm-hmm. we are more open to to listening to both because we understand that there are always two sides to a story there's always more truths than just one um and i think that is the difference right but i but i do agree I, I can't necessarily say well i'm definitely right but at least we are listening to, to to two different stories and 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 sort of trying to make some sense of that
0: does that make sense Mm. It is. I, I, I've had to find my peace in recognizing that there aren't two sides to a story. There's three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten sides to a story, you know. And I, I look at various versions of my own timeline, and I can see a version of Gareth that never left South Africa, and I would probably be one of the mates now that was sucking up mainstream narrative because I don't think I would have had the conscious awareness to perhaps have access to, or have a model of the world that at least provided spaciousness for me to want to look, you know, when you don't know what to look for, it's not even an option for you to look. And so, yeah, but then what that, what happens is I get to this place where I'm like, okay, now I can see this, this, and this, and I can see shenanigans as you talk about it. But I'm like, I don't know, that could be a double dummy. You know, we've been programmed in so many ways, you know, it's very easy to plant ideas, different like, counter narratives and stuff to create a separate narrative where suddenly suddenly, I think I now know, okay, I see that side and I see the baddies and therefore I'm good. It's like, I don't know, there's probably another fucking 20 layers that I still don't see that I, yeah, every day is a conscious awakening and there's more and more stuff that I think there's so many things that we don't know. There's so many things that we've had the wool pulled over our eyes about and every time I go down a rabbit hole, it just goes like, it expands out and I'm like, whoa, that's really, firstly, sometimes really dark, sometimes really painful. And then it's like, okay, well now I've got that. And then suddenly someone will be like, what shape is the earth? And you will be like, um, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's round. And they're like, how do you know that? You're like, I learned it in school. We're like, okay, but then, you know, I fuck it. all of these things are just my constructed reality based on everything that's been programmed into my world. And suddenly I'm like, shit, you know if someone has genuinely got an incentive to make me believe you know that we have to have countries or that the world is a specific shape or that this is why we need money all of that could be bullshit eh?
1: yeah but it's super interesting man um i um yeah i mean j- just some of the stuff like you said like that that people believe in that you think yes you've really lost your mind you know what i mean I mean, yeah, so so I remember years ago, like, some mates of mine, um, they invited me to this WhatsApp group about flat earth, and, um, mm-hmm. and, and these oaks would, I'd wake up in the morning, and there'd be, like, 50 messages, but not, like, short messages, like, long messages with links and everything, and these oaks, like, literally arguing back and forth, like, yes, it is, no, it isn't, blah, blah, and eventually, I was like, you oaks are flipping crazy, you know, like, I mean, I, I'm
0: what position are you holding at this point are you open-minded or you just think these guys are all mad because the world's actually around
1: at that point no at that point no no i was i was very open-minded but i was like um i was like oh i'd actually never heard of i'd never really heard of that because this is like a few years ago and i was like no. oh well i mean I, i'm open to listening to to the argument for sure um but then eventually i was like yes this yoke's just i mean they, they they it was like a cultish behavior but like and I think that's... Um, on both sides. On both sides. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Yes. Like, um, You know, and uh, and I was like, you know what? I don't think it really makes right now a big difference in my life. So I'm just going to flip and get out of this group because it's just a waste of my energy and, I, and I'm just getting frustrated, you know what I mean? Um, but over over like the last few years, you know, like I... I've really become interested in 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 a lot of like crazy things like that, you know. And and it's amazing. But like some oaks, I've got this one friend who I've actually never met in real life. I mean like at the last three years I made so many friends online, which is kind of crazy. Um kind of cool, kind of crazy, kind of not cool. But uh, you know, there's some oaks that like they actually won't talk to you unless you you believe that the earth is flat or like a dome shape or something. And I'm like, listen, I mean. You know, you could be right, but you could also be flipping wrong. And um, you know, like let's not let this sort of get in the way of our relationship. But people become cultish, but in, in terms of things they believe in, and I think that's what you were saying about, you know, both sides, Like, you know, the the propaganda and the whatever is is comes heavy on both sides. Uh, so it's been a, it's been a real awakening, but 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 the, probably one of the most important things i think is is that it has made me much more open to listening to arguments about anything mm-hmm. literally about anything but i'll 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 definitely yeah i mean it's not for me to to be the person to decide but i'm really interested in listening to to how you debate different things and what you believe in uh, so, so I'm really open to 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 listening, you know, and I think that mm. that is an important thing, because as soon as you have like a, you know, like a you shut off to certain information is when you stop actually growing. But I mean, it doesn't have to be about that particular thing, you know. But like as soon as you stop yourself from not wanting to listen to somebody talk, you you just sort of, you know, you're shutting yourself off from from so much growth yourself and. And I think that's a, that's not a good thing to do. Um, Joe Rogan always says something really interesting. He's like, we must allow everybody to say what they want, you know. And he's like, but what you have to do, you know, if you uh, want to argue with them, you must come up with a good, a better argument than what they're saying to you. And I think that's really important. We must all be allowed to say almost anything we want. Um, but if you really want to get your points across, make sure that you have a flipping great argument. You are super articulate and that will allow you to at least uh, have a stronger
0: argument or get your points across mm. so what's uh, what's something big that you've changed your mind on over the last few years like what's something that you thought you knew and now you've gone like actually that wasn't it
1: yes, yes. you can have a few yeah if you want <laughs> i know there's a lot of these i think i think um maybe what it's another way for me to say this um it's it's created a lot of distrust for me but in a lot of things that i've kind of been told a lot of things that we are told we have to do um like like say say like uh, when it comes to to your children right you have to follow a certain like like way of doing things in terms of education right in mm-hmm. terms of medical things like say vaccines in terms of um yeah i guess you know that's just that, that's just kind of like one example and, and a lot of those things are, are, are total lies like you know that um people have been led to believe for at least the last century um yeah um
0: just remind me what 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 was the question again exactly? Sorry. like something that you held, like an idea that you had that you've now changed your mind on, like a belief that you had. You were like, actually, I don't think I believe that anymore.
1: Yeah, see, Um What is a good one that I've that I've changed recently? Um, yes, no, nothing is like popping out right now that I, that I can actually remember. Um, but I think, like I said, the the thing is just it's just created this distrust. And I don't know if it's a yeah, you know, distrust is probably the right word in in many industries and 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 what we are educated and how we educated, and that I actually need to sort of do much more sort of deprogramming, and um, and and go just find out things for myself. Um, I'll have to think about exactly like you know a good a good mm-hmm. thing, but uh, but nothing sort of. Yeah,
0: can't remember one right now or, to be honest. <laughs> no, like what's a, what's a rabbit hole that you've been down recently that you found interesting? Maybe that's another way of asking it like you. Okay, I'll tell you, you I'll tell you a really
1: luck. interesting um interesting rabbit hole that I've been going down, which is not necessarily I don't know, it maybe it's not like a misinformation thing, but I think it's something that's is is not really spoken about a lot. Um and uh that is actually birth trauma, but um I recently spoke to this this amazing lady like on my podcast, and um she i mean yeah it, it was it was actually like a very difficult conversation and and she's like, yeah, I understand that this is a difficult conversation because most people have never actually thought about this or dealt with it and she ta- and she um she speaks about birth trauma and how so many of us probably like ninety five percent of us are dealing with some sort of birth trauma. And that has a lot to do with the process of birth. Also, like, so pre-birth, like prenatal, um, the actual birth of your kid and then afterwards, you know, as well. Like, you know, things like, mm-hmm. say, ultrasound. Like, and I've heard this, I had heard this before, right? And then when I went and asked my audiologist, cousin she said I was talking rubbish and I was like okay <laughs> um, but they say that like ultrasound is a huge cause of distress for for kids um, it's actually super loud it, it results in a lot of um, kids now having hearing issues um, also many other issues even fatalities um, because of the the sound of it um, then I don't know if you've gone down the, the sort of circumcision rabbit hole at all um that one is (laughs) is pretty scary um and um i didn't i I never thought of it as a as a form of torture you know and i mean yeah i mean i guess there's always two arguments you know but the, the what we've been led to believe is that it's like really good and clean and important and whatnot but actually what it takes away from you and it is so much more bad, like than is, than people can even mm-hmm. comprehend, you know? And when she mm-hmm. told me the process of it, but I don't know if you, I mean, you probably do because this is, is your realm, you know? She was telling me that like, they take this board, okay, this little board and they strap the baby boy to it. They literally strap his legs and his arms to it and they flip and take a syringe and they put it into the flipping, um, the foreskin, and then they flip and do what they got to do, right? And the ba- like, I mean, when I was on a ward with um, with Marissa giving birth, I mean, I've never heard so much screaming. And like, you're like, yes, that's what's going on here? You know, just sounds like so painful. All these ladies going through birth, but I, from all accounts, is like the ward that they do the circumcision on, which is the the little boys that are then screaming, is like ten times worse. But and you know that is mm. j- just the process is hectic you know mm-hmm. and then i mean there's so many other things about about our birth and the this you know the the medicines and stuff that they give to help it the epidurals the um the cutting of the cords the the um getting rid of the placenta and then they sell that blood off to whoever else and stuff like you know like they like it's 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 heavy heavy things you know like there's I guess this is maybe one of those things that you asked me about, like, and this is probably one of those rabbit holes um, where, which has been a very recent one where they, you know, they talk about like people wanting children and child's blood to inject into themselves to keep them youthful and stuff. And it's like, it sounds absolutely crazy. And like, like, why no one would ever do that you stupid gareth you know what i mean like don't don't even think about it but i mean once you i think become aware of this stuff but just the way that people behave and i don't know if you even like i just saw some stuff today when i was searching on twitter like the grammys last night like the 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 scenes there like there's this real dark evil undertone to it and um Nothing surprises me anymore, but with, uh, with, with what these like sort of elite ruling people might do for, for pleasure, and that's been very dark and difficult, and I can tell you, but it's made me a flippin protective, more protective person than I've ever thought I would possibly be. Seriously, but if, if anyone came close to my daughter, I would fucking destroy them. I, I can't even begin to tell you what dad energy and dad protectiveness comes up when you mm-hmm. become aware of some of these <laughs> these disgusting things that go on in the world. Um, so so actually that's a that's a to answer your earlier question, I think that's probably one I've gone down a bit recently.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Such gnarly topics. You know, I wanted to I wanted to come back to your friend who you approach with the idea that ultrasound isn't good. And I think, you know, it's really difficult for that person to have the thing that they do and use and have trained for and studied with and make a living from every single day be somehow evil. You know, it's the same as telling somebody that believes that the world is round, that it's suddenly flat. Like when someone told me that I'm like, it shakes everything that I believe to be true about reality. And so it's really uncomfortable for you to even be able to hold that as an opportunity, as a potential, like how could this even be true? And, the same is true with the darkness. If you're not prepared to look at the potential shadow of what it means, that there might be a market for foreskins or placentas or something like that. If you're not prepared to look at that, you know, I'm not saying it's true. I haven't been down this rabbit hole. I mean, I've, I understand that what you've said that there, that there could be a market for that and that young blood, the stem cells that come from a placenta, are the most you know vibrant and youthful, and that. You know that's that could be true, but you know if you're not prepared to to look at that, or it it shakes you in a way that you're not able to hold that, yeah, it's it it makes you feel really uncomfortable in every part of your being. eh? So something Um, really interesting, but this lady was
1: telling me about because I said because I you know I mean some of the stuff you you know people can say what they want, I guess, on a podcast and. But sometimes you, you kind of have to challenge things a little bit as well. Um, it's, it's important, you know, not not necessarily because you don't believe them or you're trying to be a hard ass or whatever, but just just maybe to get a bit more information out of them. So one of the things that she was saying was she was like, I mean, I was like, yeah, but, you know, people that say work in the the medical industry, like, I mean, my mom's a nurse. Like she, you know, I, she, I don't think my mom is like a an evil person. And, and you know, she, she worked on the maternity ward and, you know, she – she um yeah, I just don't think that she would do these things intentionally um mm-hmm. because you know she's she's a type of person. And, and then she was like, listen, Gareth, she's like, I I agree, like I know exactly what you're saying. She's like, I've written I've written some books on this. She's like, let me give you one example. This is and this is not of, of children, but it's of vets. She said, I had a lady that wrote into me or that I interviewed as, as sort of part of uh, citation and evidence uh, for my book, that uh, in her veterinary uh, education and studying, uh, they were – they had to go through this training where they took a dog, right? And this dog was in like this tank of water, okay? And they for- – the body of a dog. The body, of no, 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 it's alive, bud. the dog's alive, right? And it's it's a live dog, and they they took the dog and they um, submerged it in water completely so that like it couldn't breathe, right? And they did this like repeatedly. They and 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 all these veterinary students are there watching it. I can't remember the exact reason, like that. Um, that they actually do do this, although one of the reasons that they do do it is to make people like hardened uh that, like that are in the industry like veterans, you know they're hardened to the cruelty um of an animal and she's and I was like, yeah, I see, I mean she explains it much better i I can't remember exactly all the details, but it's it's like along those lines, you know, and they they go through it repeatedly so eventually they're like yeah this is normal you know and and they just become normalized to this cruelty and she's like and then she's like you you need to understand that like sort of the medical profession and stuff they they have similar things that they will teach and show and whatnot and that just makes them sort of like numb to to a lot of things that they actually see and they they kind of normal they they kind of like normalize a lot of things that are that are not normalized and um yeah, that was pretty hectic. But to to even think like, you know, that people you know that are, jeez, I mean, you know, parents and friends and everything that are in that industry have have gone through shit like that to kind of make them think it's normal. I mean, I, I still mm-hmm. have to obviously speak to people kind of in that industry to understand more from them, you know, to get the other side of the story because I think that's only fair. But um, like I said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't.
0: To say this lady's lying to me that's for sure it's not much different even maybe without the cruelty side in terms of how we're led to believe and create our reality from whatever it is you know like whatever we told in school that becomes the thing that is taught to be true you know and so if at any point in terms of that process of educating or programming or feeding of information that we use to create our reality is in any way normalized even without the cruelty it just becomes somehow acceptable. And so people don't even feel like you said, they don't realize that they're doing anything wrong and they're not out there to necessarily, you know, follow something vindictively or be on a path vindictively. They're just doing what it is that I normally do. And this is how we deliver babies. And this is what we do to young boys. And this is what we do to dogs. Whatever the story is like, that just happens to be what it is. And that's how we, we create our reality. It's only when we take the time to look or find out something that there's another potential incentive or, The data that we've been given to educate us or to to teach us is somehow skewed or incentivized or aligned to another way that we suddenly have this awareness that there's anything else happening. And, you know, up until, honestly, this is for me, maybe not even five years ago, circumcision would have been, if I'd had a boy, he would have been circumcised because I'm circumcised and I understood that to be the way that it was. Some story about it being cleaner, et cetera it turns out it's all bullshit. Like it takes away a lot of the ability for uh, the connection that happens inside intercourse. Like there's many, many things that are happening as a function of that. And the more I get reconnected, this is really a journey of coming back to self is realizing when we do things like that, we're somehow saying nature doesn't really know what it's doing, we need to do something better. You know, like this is not perfect the way it is. We need to do this and make a decision. That's outside of exactly what it is to naturally give birth to a child. You know, even like the cutting of the umbilical cord—that's not the way that it's supposed to be done. From what I now understand, having spent some time in the presence of midwives that look at traditional births, like that—that's supposed to fall off naturally. It's supposed to stay connected for quite a quite a long time. And it's like I had no idea. I mean, yeah. obviously, I haven't been through birth or you know even been on that journey, but it's like some part of us thinks that we know better than the natural process of what it means to give birth. Eh?
1: Yeah, but and, and and that was like the big eye-opening thing about this conversation I had with this lady, you know, she's like I'm just here to educate people on how to have a healthy well birth, of course. But, you know, like just just how to just how to do things correctly. She's like because none of we're not taught any of this stuff, you know. You you're taught, you know, you you're shown like porn and taught about sort of sex and and um, all these things but you're not actually taught about wow the the beauty of like giving birth and how to do it properly and stuff and she's like it's so weird like how the world has become like sort of extremely kinky you know and that's okay like that stuff's okay but let's have the good stuff too you know like growing, like healthy people having healthy births and natural births and the way they're meant to do, you know, like a, like, I mean, I know it's, 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 it it sounds like a crazy concept. I don't know if you've ever heard of a a lotus birth, but it's pretty amazing. But so the, um, the placenta is actually like a living being, right? It's, it's responsible for the breathing of a baby and, and, and supplying its nutrients of like, you know, and everything too. Like it's, it's actually its life force, they say, the, the placenta. So some people have this thing called the lotus birth, which you deliver the baby and the placenta comes out with it. You, can, you keep the placenta. And the baby connected like like you like, like for eight days or something like that. I mean it, it could be longer, you know, it's all you all you allow for everything to disconnect naturally. But literally, um the placenta and the baby are kept together and that that life force, the the nutrients, the energy, the whatever it is that's kept in the placenta, like is is there for like a full eight days you know because it's and it's still attached to the umbilical cord but um mm-hmm. and yeah people do this it's, it's pretty amazing so you have this like kind of freaky looking thing (laughs) placenta right but it's um you know it's only
0: freaky because we think it's freaky no exactly this was how it was done it would be like this that's the way we give birth you know hundred percent yeah yeah and then all you
1: have to do is you literally like have to put a few sort of herbs on it from what i understand and it just there's no smell or anything like that and i mean you you're literally giving your kids wow what an amazing opportunity to start their life you know but I mean, probably 0.0001% of people experience that. You know, there's a mm-hmm. there's a there's a really cool guy on Insta. What's his name? He's called like the fallback something. I, I can't remember exactly, but his wife recently um like gave birth and he sort of documented the whole Lotus thing. And I was like, yes he, that's kind of crazy, but now I know more about it. I'm like, that's flipping awesome. <laughs>
0: there's so much stuff we don't know. It's like every single day you find something out and you're like, Oh my God. Wow. Like no idea or yeah. like a completely different perspective. And I think it's, it's where we got to at the beginning of this, which was like just recognizing that you stay open to this stuff, you know, just continually believe that there might be a different way to give birth to a child or to understand how, you know, nutrition is administered or medical practices may work. and um, yeah, I think the more we stay open to that, the more possibility we have to to expand our awareness about other other ideas that we may not have access to.
1: Yeah, it's a very important thing, bud, um, to remain curious, to question everything,
0: and to challenge the status quo, bud, for sure. Mm. What's, what's coming up for me, I'm going to make a note to try and find someone who knows like the the details of circumcision and get them as a guest on the show because I think it's going to be such an important conversation for men. Like, again, we just don't have access to this information. We've just told a specific thing and yeah, we just take it at face value and carry with our lives and these decisions just perpetuate, you know, like without having this knowledge, you just make the decision again for your kid and pass on the knowledge down to them. But um, I'm really keen to dive a little bit deeper into this. So, yeah, thanks for bringing it up.
1: But I can put you in touch with a lady. Her name is uh, Janice uh, Barcelo. I can really put you in touch. She would be able to tell you everything. Um, was also, she on your show? Yeah, she was on my show. Yeah, I've, I haven't launched that yet, but I, but I will soon. She was She was actually on another guest that we've had in the past. His name is Luke Storey who would be a great guy for you to get oh, on. Did
0: you have Luke on your show? And, yeah, I followed him for a
1: while. Yeah, and, and he spoke a lot about the, the circumcision and stuff, and uh, he's mm. done a lot of um, research into that himself because he's also circumcised and, and these sort of things. And, and yeah, there's some pretty crazy documentaries on there that I can forward, or you've probably
0: watched them yourself as well. But um, But, yeah, I can put you in touch it's with those standard. two people. Send them through, and I'll put them in the show notes of this uh, of this podcast for those that are interested. And I'll I'll try and get a bit more information as well as when you launch yours, um, share the that interview. Mm, I will, but for sure,
1: yeah it's a it's a heavy listen. I won't lie, you know. Um, yeah, you have to kind of I don't know, like because it's something that almost I don't know. It's just the, this is the first time I've ever heard of it in my entire life. But I'm 42 years old. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of like birth trauma I mean when you think about it now it's like okay it's pretty obvious you know but like actually something that almost all of us carry is pretty heavy and hectic but also at the same time it's made me a little bit not a little bit it's yeah it's made me a bit more compassionate about people and a bit more even more wanting to know a little bit about them you know and and being interested in their behavior and yeah so so because they're probably dealing with stuff that they don't even know like as a result i went and asked my mom and my dad actually i was like oh can you tell me about my birth like you know just everything that you Mm -hmm. can remember and Mm -hmm. um you know i was lucky i think i had a, a pretty normal birth and was delivered naturally and was really quick and and all that sort of stuff um i was circumcised actually this is a really interesting and i think it's something i definitely need to explore myself um i was circumcised at 6 weeks and apparently the doctor did a terrible job and i was circumcised again when i was 2 um oh, so i've gone through it twice and and you know i can't imagine it was an enjoyable experience especially at 2 <laughs> um so that's something i need to need to delve into a little bit myself too you know so um it's important for us to ask our parents about our birth, but also about their birth, because this lady, right? So what's really interesting about it is she said, the trauma carries on unless you resolve it, right? So for her, she had five births, not one of those babies survived. And that was because she had trauma from her birth that she had never dealt with right Mm -hmm. yeah and i thought i thought that was really interesting so you know we know this stuff gets passed on through generations and whatnot and it's um it's a good question to to ask it uh not the Christmas table, but um, in private <laughs> with your with your parents. You know what I mean. Um, yeah. Hey,
0: mum, did you eat the placenta?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, you see that that's
0: that's I'm also the turkey.
1: Yeah, you see that's also very interesting. You know because that's become like a a thing now. But but actually, this lady saying is it's th- there's only like one or two instances when you should do that sort of thing because if you are eating the placenta, you are taking away your baby's life force. Which is not cool you know uh, but she's like there might be there might be instances where you as the mother possibly the dad but p- mostly probably the mother where you are really really struggling right and you like you almost have to ask for permission you know and you say to your your kid obviously you don't you know, obviously they're not gonna say yes because they <laughs> they're tiny but um you know you say listen i I, I would really like to to have some of this because uh, I'm struggling with a bit of depression or or my energy levels are so low so so you ask for permission before doing it she's like in that instance it's kind of okay but a lot of the this new agey way of of doing it is is actually sort of almost evil because she's like well they they're teaching us cannibalism because once again the the placenta is a, a living being so it's a deep hole, but it's a, it really, I was like, yeah. So it was a real eye-opener that chat.
0: <laughs> so let's, uh, let's talk about what you're creating at the moment. You had um, a co-creation with Craig in the Ridiculously Human podcast. You guys took a little breather from that. Share what that journey was like as you guys created that first round. Share about the break that you've had and what your visions are for the podcast going forward.
1: Yeah, but geez, I mean, the podcast was one of the most amazing things I've ever done in my entire life. Um, and doing it with Craig was just sort of extra special. Uh we we just gelled as oaks when we first met each other uh, years and years ago, and then like we just we we always had like cool conversations and we're like, yeah, see, we should record these and you know, maybe people want to listen and <laughs> and and ultimately we decided to to do it. Um and it was I mean, you know, what's so cool. I mean, you you obviously realize this because you have your own podcast, but it gives you permission to uh, to ask people to speak to them that would probably never, ever, ever be in your realm, so, so to speak, you know. And all they can do is say no, bud. You know, like they go, no, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, I'm like length busy. I'm only going to be on Joe Rogan <laughs> sort of thing. But right. sometimes those people go, yes, and you just get to – have this long form conversation with a great mind and you it's just like you there you know picking their kind of brains and listening to them speak um so we we went through like 117 guests like we're interviews and we did a lot of our own podcasts too so we probably did like 160 episodes in total and it was just one of the best learning experiences it changed our worldview. It's it it opened up like just conversations that we would never really have. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it was just definitely one of my most fun things that I've ever done in my life. and um, but also most interesting and one of the probably greatest growth spurts intellectually that, that I've experienced. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, and doing it with Craig was amazing because actually we, we often like to, speak to different type of people and craig always brought in people that were were like more kind of like alternative thinking and i really enjoyed that you know even though i was like yesy but looking back now i'm like yeah those were really cool people and he always he always thought like quite deeply about who to get on i think i was more like let's just go 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 and i'd get like you know people on to sort of keep ticking the guest list over and stuff. And he would, he would think about other, um, like, types of guests and, and what they would bring to the show, which, is, which was amazing. And, right. um, yeah, doing it together, like, it teaches you a lot of stuff about, about friendship and about doing business with, with friends. And, yeah, that there's, um, there is some magic to be had, you know, um, for, by doing a collaboration like that and uh it definitely made us like just sort of the best of buddies um it was probably one of the most difficult decisions to stop doing the podcast and we totally stopped at the wrong time but i mean my god we we chose the wrong time like we were we were really kind of like we were probably just shifting into third or fourth gear you know and if we had carried on like we stopped right in the kind of like first three months or something like that of of COVID when everybody was just online and consuming like information left, right, and center. And I I truly believe if we had carried on, we would have been like really doing super, super well with it now. Um, But that's hindsight as well, you know, and, and we, we, the decisions that we decided to stop were the right decisions at the time. Um, I think we had actually, we'd actually reached a point where, where it was becoming quite difficult to do the podcasts because I mean, he was in Australia, I'm in Brazil, but uh, there's a 13 hour time difference. Uh, so exact opposite, <clears throat> yeah. opposite but, and trying to, I mean, just trying to get us on a call is difficult enough, but then you add someone in like a middle time zone, like the UK or, you know, say, I don't know the US or, or something like that. It's extremely tough, but, and, um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, but the main reason we actually stopped, well, we, we just stopped to have a little break was because my computer died, but my Mac died here in Brazil, my MacBook. And I was like, oh no, and I lost everything. And then um, we were just like, okay, cool. Let's just take a break. Let's just reassess. Kragos wanted to check some stuff out with um, with his wife, Shanti, like to see if uh, he could help r- run run their business um, or at least, you know, like, like really get it going. And um and it just it just became like longer and longer and longer that we didn't do it and um, well now it's flipping like it's three years but <laughs> almost uh, two and a half years actually and um, uh, yeah but we we, we we decided two years ago to um, to sort of go our separate ways whereby I would take over the podcast and Craig was going to help um, Shanti grow the business and okay. it was totally the right thing to do and uh, and we like, there's, there's no, there's, I mean, we are absolutely like our best mate still. There's, there's been no issues whatsoever. We probably chat more than we ever have, although maybe the last couple months uh, since since we had Maya, but um, but yeah, there's, there's definitely been no like issue in terms of our relationship. Our relationship has only strengthened. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited to do the podcast again. But um, I've, I've already pre-recorded a, a few interviews now. And I, I've spoken to Craig about this too, and I'm like, yes, but we actually didn't make it easy for ourselves. Hey, eh? like when you have two hosts or co-hosts that are interviewing, you're in completely different time zones, you 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 think a little bit differently. It's it's you realize how difficult it is to actually um to have like a very free flowing conversation. Um yeah, and I'm only realizing that now. You know, at the time we knew it was it wasn't like um, sort of as fluid as it could be and stuff, um, because we were totally learning. But I mean, we started from never really chatting, you know, with anybody ever, sort of thing. Uh, so you're constantly mm-hmm. learning. Um, but now, like looking yeah. back, I was like, yeah, we we actually made a really kind of like it was it was difficult, but it was, I mean, it's not like it wasn't lacquer, but it was it wasn't easy to to do." Um, and I'm really looking forward to hosting by myself now uh, and having. Kind of the same conversations, but I think the flow will be a little bit bit different. Um, yeah, and it allows you because it allows you to go like down some sort of things that all of a sudden pop up. You know, you're like, "Yeah, Yo, cool, let's just go down there." Because um, we always had like questions that we had written down. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, And we wanted to kind of get through a lot of them because they were really, like, interesting conversations, you know. But sometimes when it went down, like, a sort of path you didn't expect, like, being the person who's going to ask a question next, you're like, oh, shit, do we carry on down here? Or should I bring it back to the the questions that we had set out? You know, but and Mm -hmm. it's not like you can chat about it because (laughs) you're all on the call together. Um, Right. So, so Yeah so the, the conversations now I think will will be a little bit different and more flowing, but it was, it was an amazing experience, but I like anyone that, you know, start a podcast because you're going to grow as a person and, and that's, and it's going to be the best thing you can probably ever do, I think.
0: So what is the title of the podcast? Will it remain the same?
1: Yeah, but I mean, I love the name to be honest with you, ridiculously human and it's going to remain the same. Um, Guests are, are going to be. I think the conversation is going to be a little bit more different, a little bit different, because even though I'm still really interested in people's life stories and that, I think there's there's more value in just touching on life stories and then speaking about like what people are experts at. Um, so so it's going to be it's going to be less about the person and more about maybe topics. But the, 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 the topics are not it's not like specific or a certain category. Um, it's, it's just things that, that's are interesting really, to be honest with you, that I think, you know, it's like, I mean, if you look at Joe Rogan, but I mean that guy, the the different variety of people that he has on his show is, is incredible. and, you know, you can pick and choose as a listener. You're like, yeah, cool. Uh, I, you know, I don't dig the MMA ones. I'm like, oh, I'm not even going to listen to those. But I'll pick and choose some of the other ones. And I mean, yeah, who knows? Maybe, well, definitely that, that means your, your show might not grow as fast or whatever that you want because you haven't sort of really honed in um, on like maybe one or two subjects. But actually at the end of the day, but half the reason I like to do the podcast is, is in a way um, – just for my own my own journey and my own growth and uh yeah and maybe that's i don't think it's selfish at all but it's just like it's just my own interest really
0: that's the way to do it like any artistic creation i think as long as you're finding joy in whatever it is that you're doing Mm -hmm. that creates the flow that is much easier to to stay with than when you force it down a specific way and maybe it doesn't feel as aligned to what's most pleasurable or most exciting for you in that moment. eh?
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think like, I I actually think I'm the type of person who has an interest in a lot of things. You know, I'm not Mm -hmm. like a, I'm not cultish, but in, when it comes to, to what I do or the information that I seek, I, I definitely seek lots of different types of inputs. And, like you were saying, like now, nah, like that, that actually provides to my enjoyment, and as long as I'm in, I'm enjoying it. I think that 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 sort of comes across in a show, you know, and people are like, "Oh, cool!" They want to listen to us because this person's actually interested, and they're showing good energy, and and you know, and and I want to actually be part of that. Um, so I, yeah, I'm always just being interested in a lot of things. Um, yeah, so gonna keep it that way. Awesome. <laughs>
0: Nice. I'm looking forward to it being uh, released again. Have you got a date of when you want to press play? It's going to be before the end of the
1: month for sure. So I've got um, yeah, I want to do like the a few more. end of the month being the end of February. End of Feb, yeah, yeah. So I wanted, I wanted, to twenty-three, like, yeah. <clears throat> I want to get a few more sort of interviews under the belt, uh, recorded, and um, okay, and then and then do a launch from there. So really excited about awesome. it's it's just i mean i'm sure you've experienced it as well but like it's it's interesting you know
0: talking to people isn't it i'm loving it it's been such a gift i love i love the format i love the spaciousness that i have to do it i love the fact that the conversation can go in any direction um like you we've given ourselves permission for it to Well, season one, one episode a week, and we decided to bang them out. We realized that that was kind of an ambitious goal without having a team and any systems in place. So what we were doing was creating this podcast and we didn't have the process in place to be able to promote it or market it or get it out into the world. And so, yeah, we were in order to stick to our objective of doing one show per month, uh, one show per week. We just ran from one week to the next. We never quite had a bank of content. And so we took a breather at the end of 12 episodes and we were like, (gasps) trying to catch our breath and be like, what the fuck just happened? And then we were like, okay. And then we sat for a while, much maybe like you, and we're like, okay, well, we don't want to go back to that space. And one day I was like, we'll do the podcast whenever we feel like it. If that happens to be one a week, cool. If it ends up being one a month, cool. Just flow with it. And we spent some time building team and process to onboard guests, offboard guests, and then promote each episode. And then also have the format to say, listen, if a conversation ends up being 45 minutes, golden. If I feel like doing a single episode or sharing a meditation or a 15-minute thing, golden. Like there's no set rules for us. And that seems like it's given us so much space that it's just been it's been really, really beautiful. And I'm I'm loving it.
1: Yeah, for sure. But and I think that's like such a cool way to do it as well. <clears throat> because, you know, you might actually find by having like such a sort of wide sort of um, – set of subjects and and way of doing things that eventually you do want to hone in on, on something, you know, like make it a bit more specific. Like uh, there's something that you really do enjoy a bit more um, doing or people, like type of conversations that you have or people that you speak to. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, but I mean, but, but, but knowing you, the type of guy you are, like (laughs) I hope it does remain broad, but because that's, you know, someone with a worldview like you, is uh, is an important worldview to to have out there because you know we need to be interested in in lots of things and share that stuff thank to you, you
0: bro thank you man i appreciate it no worries okay bro. before i let you go i want to ask you one last question tell me about the built-on business that's kicking off in brazil <laughs> <I> <laughs> well, but hear. this is a
1: great this is a great um last question It's gonna be super short <laughs> because <laughs> I'll tell you something very interesting but and I was it was quite you know when you sent out the questionnaire about like you know things that took courage and stuff like that <clears throat> um I, I don't think I really gave a good answer but this one was maybe it's not a courage thing that it's took but so 2 weeks no not 2 weeks ago probably about 6 weeks ago we sat down with an expert here in Brazil who's a food production expert and she's got like you know two, three masters, whatever, in food production. Because we've been dealing with the council in terms of how to, you know, what, what are our requirements to to start this business, right? We've imported mm-hmm. these two making machines from South Africa. Um, this is the process. Like, what do we need to do? I mean, first of all, but Brazil is, like, ridiculous when it comes to to paperwork. The amount of administration and um bureaucracy you need to get through is is pretty like it's insane but i've never really experienced it anywhere else and okay. um so anyway this guy he wasn't really giving us the information we needed because i kept on saying okay cool what else do we need what else do we need what else do we need and um i don't know he just was i think he was like trying to help us trying to be nice whatever and then we had this meeting with this lady and it was probably one of the most important meetings i've ever had um whereby she probably spoke for Uh, two hours 45 minutes out of three hours and um just like let us know exactly how the industry works here how the meat industry works and food industry works what the requirements Uh are for dealing with um uh raw meats cooked meats um etc etc and um Uh what it was going to actually take for us to kind of break into this kind of industry and then also all the shenanigans of the industry, which is pretty bloody scary. Um, so to, to save you all the detail, at the end of the day, um, we basically decided to, to not go ahead with the Bulltong business as a business because mm-hmm. wow. it, was, it was just going to suck the life out of us. Um, it was going to require way too much capital. And it was wasn't even going to be a cert that we could even get it go the the permissions to get it going, um, and I mean we you know we've already been we've really been at it for seven months, but we still have no we were nowhere near getting any approvals for for any sign off. So we actually decided to hit it on the head and um, and just say okay, cool. That was a massive lesson. You know, took a bit of a hit. Uh, financially um, but in the long run I think it's actually saved us yeah it just saved us a lot of, uh, of of hassle and and yeah so we've actually decided not to launch the business but um, wow yeah so so that's where it is my friend Greg is is going to carry on he wants to sell artisanally um, but but as a business but um, Bultong Brazil unfortunately is not going to happen because it's it, there's too much bureaucracy it costs Way too much money to set up, and and to be honest with you, I don't. I have I've got to the point in my life where I have full autonomy of what I want to do. And this lady, she said to me, she's like Gareth, um, you you identify as obviously Gareth, right? Um, she's like, but you'll have to identify as Mister Bull twenty four seven for the next five years if you want this to actually be any sort of a success and she's like you need to ask yourself if that's what you want and deep down inside but that's definitely not what i want and that was mm-hmm. that wasn't the main reason but that was also a big reason for going you know what sometimes you just got to realize when to say no but and um when to sort of you know pull the plug and
0: so that's what that's a that's where we're at <laughs> sometimes the best decisions are the ones that we say no to early hey and even where there's a, a loss in inverted commas because you've invested some capital like that's just a bit of school fees you know what's more expensive is trying for another five years and realizing that it's still a no like yeah that deep intuition that you heard and listened to kudos bro
1: yeah no thanks man and yeah you're 100 right but um the long-term the long-term gain wasn't there and it wasn't worth the the pain and the pain wasn't short term either so um yeah it's uh it feels like the right decision but then you know like now i can really focus on lots of other things that i want to focus on
0: awesome well maybe i'll send you a message and uh, buy your biltong machine from you because <laughs> <laughs> biltong guatemala is going and uh yeah we started a slightly different way to you and uh, we've got a really small i would say it's artisanal but uh yeah it's been really well received here and um yeah it's growing and we're probably making a few grand a month from it and yeah it feels cool enjoying the process so it for me it's been a real opportunity for me to share my love of food and all the time that i'm spending doing online creations like the podcast and my online men's circle um it feels really good to be doing something in the 3d like to actually create something with my hands that i actually get to go and serve and share inside the community and it's connected me to farmers and to store owners and to customers. And so, yeah, it's been such a gift for me and I've been, I've been really enjoying it.
1: That's amazing, but And I'm super chuffed for you. And I think, yeah, you went about doing it the right way. Like we should have done what you did and
0: um, yeah, but you live and you learn, <laughs> that's for sure. Well, I was I was close to wanting to just get the machine shipped here as well. And I think it might have been a very different scenario because I paid lots of school fees with a small box of biltong, and I know the version of me that when I had a machine that could do a hundred kilograms, I would have started with that and realized, holy shit, how am I gonna sell all of this? Or the mistakes that I made with, you know, thirty dollars worth of meat would have been with, you know, three hundred and fifty dollars worth of meat and that may have also maybe not given me the platform that i'm at at the moment so yeah i think for the first time i'm i know the part of me that wants to go all in up front you know buy the machine get the thing shipped i had the quote i was about to pull the trigger and araminta was like just start and do it and yeah anyway Layla's box Layla's the pup her little house became the first on box and now we've got two boxes and they're running two or three times a week and uh yeah i'm enjoying it
1: yeah well congrats bud you, you've you done it the right way that's for sure so i'm <laughs> super chuffed for you
0: Sweet, bro. I really appreciate you taking the time to hang out. Where can people connect with you if they want to learn more about you and your launch of the podcast coming up? What's the best way to get hold of you?
1: Yeah, so actually at the moment I'm, I've been, I really took a like a hiatus or hiatus, however you pronounce the word, <laughs> from, from social media besides actually Twitter. So I've been using Twitter a lot, um, uh, which uh, my handle's Gareth E. Martin. Um, but the website for the podcast is uh, www dot radic r-i-d-i-c dash human.com and yeah and that's that's where we'll be launching all the new podcasts from and yeah drop me a message wherever you want and love to connect with people and thank you to you for having me on the show but uh, i mean so lucky to see you and congrats for for everything but um t- such a slick operation that you run so awesome stuff super happy for you
0: Appreciate it, bro. I'm looking forward to when we can connect in person, whether it's in Brazil or the three of you come and visit Guatemala. But, uh, yeah, for now, loving that we got to connect on on the podcast. Yeah, thanks, brother. Looking forward to seeing you too, man. Yes, that'll be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Much love, bro. All thanks, right. thanks. Love, brother. See you, man. Bye-bye. Ciao. Bye. Thanks for spending some time with us today. We hope that you enjoyed the show as men living in this world we're called to lead in our families organizations and our own lives are you living as the type of leader that you would want to follow what are your plans to develop and evolve your leadership welcome to tribe by father sons brothers a community of authentic leaders leadership books can teach strategies but embodied leadership needs to be lived the fsb tribe provides practical tools a supportive community and a safe place to evolve into the leader that you came here to be. Join the tribe and connect with an authentic group of men already embodying the change that we want to see in the world. If this sounds like a community that you want to be part of, go to fatherssonsbrothers.com forward slash tribe to find out more or check out the link in the show notes. See you next time.